Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into this Golf Channel podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray. Pleased today to be joined by Super Bowl winning quarterback Joe Theismann. Joe, thanks for taking the time to, to come on in here and join us for a few minutes. So I want to get started. We were talking a little bit before, and you said that you're not passionate about golf. You're obsessed with golf. <laughs> so let's just go back. Where did the obsession start with you on the lake? Um, I've always loved golf, always enjoyed the game of golf. I've enjoyed the challenge of the game of golf. Um, I'm a competition junkie. Mm-hmm. And no surprise. I know, I'm, I'm not, and I think I'm not the only one. I'm right. just, I just, I'm the one that admits it. Um, I, I think it really started for me when I started playing on the American Century Golf. Uh, we, we had a, a celebrity golf tour, mm-hmm. and the American Century tournament to me was like it's like our major. Mm-hmm. And when I got involved in that, I saw the competition out there, and I was about an 11, 12 handicap. Okay. This goes back 20 some odd years, and I started saying to myself. If I'm going to be able to compete with any of these people out here, I'm going to have to get better. And I'm going to have to work at the game. And I'm going to have to spend time on the range. I was a range rat for a long time. Mm-hmm. I would just go out and hit balls after balls after balls and, you know, short game, putting, chipping, and everything else. And so it really started about 20 years ago. And it just, it's continued. And now the body doesn't allow me to do as much. So I'm trying to be a little bit smarter mentally. But it's interesting. So you basically came to golf after your playing career in the NFL. It wasn't something that you were. I would have liked to. No, when, oh. I, you know, when I played in the NFL in the 80s, golf wasn't what it is today. Well, that was my point. I was going to say, if you look now at, at the Pebble Beach lineup in February, you see Aaron Rodgers and Larry Fitzgerald. And I feel like that's a little different now than maybe how golf was perceived among athletes or among football players 30 years ago. Is, is yeah, also, this, this time of year, we were actually working. I mean, you know, that there was the, uh, the Pro Bowl was at a different time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to participate in, in Pebble for a long time because of my commitment to the Pro Bowl, whether in broadcasting or whether as a, an announcer or as a, a player. And so the time frames are a little bit easier for guys to be able to get out. They have January, February, March, and most of April to go out and just do something besides go play football because they're not allowed to go to the facilities and work on their game, which is quite absurd to be honest with you, <laughs> but that's the way it's set up. So. But it isn't just that. It's it's the it's the opportunity. You know, Marty Fish, who's a, who's yeah. a great tennis player, great golfer. Uh, Mike Madonna, great hockey player. Um, you know, uh, Mark Mulder, who wins this tournament quite often. Mark, I'll tell you what, I, pl- I played with Mark Mulder at the Diamond Resorts uh, Media Day la- in December. He, it's the things he does to the golf ball is amazing. He's got that Dustin Johnson three ten. Little power fade, and he just goes about his big, and he's strong. He's got great hands. Yeah. Great. I mean, he, he overpowers a golf course. Yeah. Is what he does, and I, I actually beat him this year in the closest to the pin at the American Century. Put that on your wall. I, that is I, it. it's, I got a beautiful uh, Corbell bottle with yeah. the, everything engraved on it. I walked up to him when he was last to hit, and I said, "Look, you're going to win this tournament. You've won this tournament." Why not letting some little Tug old little guy bit. just have a chance to be able to do something? He knocked one. I think I was like three feet something. He knocked something four feet something. <laughs> I went, right, dodge the board there. Take your breath. But so, he is unbelievable. 
So as you said, so when you really got into it, you're maybe 11 or 12 handicap. What's what's the index like these days? Two, three. There at, you go. Robert Trent Jones there in you go. Uh, Lake Manassas. What's, uh, what's your best career round? Best career round is uh, 68. Okay. Uh, Quite stout. You could you yeah. could take out all but about a handful of people in this building. I'll well, you, you know what it, you know what it is, and I think all of us agree. It's you know I've played with the ch great champions, you know, with Fuzzy and with Freddie and and John Daly. I've, I've played with all the guys on the, a lot of the guys on the Champions Tour, and I love being out there with them. Um, the thing that separates us that love the game that aren't professional golfers from those that are is their ability to be able to get the ball in the hole on the green. Mm -hmm. what, they, what they do around the green, in, up, uh, get out of the, the sand, mm -hmm. get out of the bunker, up and down, uh, making three and four footers. I've been working, I, you know, Travis and I were just talking a little yeah. bit about putting. Um, but that's the whole thing to me. I mean, if, if I roll the ball well and I make some putts, I can shoot around par, maybe a little under. Um, I'm not long enough to hit the par fives in two anymore. Mm -hmm. So I have to be able, I have to play the par Lean fives. Lean more on the wedge game. Absolutely, yeah. and, and putting. Yeah. And I, each year I sort of set a goal for myself. Like last year it was, I'm not going to go for any par fives in two. I'm going to lay up. I'm going to lay up to the distance I like right around 100 yards, mm -hmm. take my gap wedge. I'm going to try and knock it close. And then I'm going to go practice hitting the gap wedge. And uh, this year it's putting. This year I want to be able to be a better three-foot, four-foot putter. I have to be. Mm -hmm. I'm driving myself crazy, <laughs> so I have to do it for my there's own sanity. There's always something that just shows no matter, no matter where you are in the spectrum, there's always something that keeps you up at night. You're like, man, I need to, I need to get out and really That's start grinding. That's what I love this. so much about the game. Yeah. That's the thing that you love so much about it. You, it's not, you can't perfect it. Mm -hmm. What you've captured, like Sergio winning the Masters, what's he going to do the next time out? Try again. He, he, he'll start try, but there. is he yeah. going to be able to? He's going to be able to do that. And I think the one element that we saw uh, through the through the days of the tournament was Sergio's always been a little bit spotty as a putter, mm -hmm. but he rolled the ball absolutely wonderfully. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was it's great to see him win it in a playoff with a birdie. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't that Justin lost it. It was Sergio won it, and that was exciting. Yeah. Uh, top one or two courses you've ever played? Uh, well, I'm a member of the Robert Trent Jones Golf Course. I still okay. think it's one of the greatest in this country. Okay. Um, old head in Ireland. All right. I love, I, I, have, I have actually in my office, I have nine snapshots of yeah. old head, of different venues, different shots there. I just think it's the most majestic golf course in the world. And Charlie was sharing with me, he said they lost a bulldozer when they did that. They don't have any, there aren't any fences around the tee boxes. There's, That's true. There's yeah. no rails or anything. You, and it's foggy. Your caddy has to tell you where to stand. <laughs> and, and I'm a, not a big guy. I'm not a big fan of heights. Yeah. So, and in the 18th hole, the Irish Sea and the Atlantic, back they, they swish back and forth underneath this giant archway and it just has a majestic nature to it. I want to play more different game over there. there it is it's a different game it's a, and the weather's there I mean mm -hmm. you know you'll go through the <laughs> the weather in Ireland at some times are like the four seasons here you get them all you yep. get you get winter you get summer you get spring and you get fall I mean all in the course all, of 18, all in 18 holes. holes of golf yeah so let's flip it around where what are one or two courses still on the Joe Theismann bucket list obviously Augusta Okay. It's um, I've, and uh, that's a top in a lot of a lot of bucket lists. In Cyprus. Okay. I've played I've played Spyglass. I've played mm -hmm. Monterey Peninsula. I've, I've played Pebble, uh, Cyprus and uh, Augusta are the two that I really would love to. Those be are able two to play. pretty popular. Pretty yeah, popular choices. I think they're on so. near somebody's top list. Uh, so I read uh, something over the weekend. I was I was getting ready for this. Did you consider making a run for the Champions Tour? I did at one point uh, when I turned fifty mm -hmm. a number of years ago. I thought, why not give it a try? 
the uh, qualifiers were they were a little bit easier to be a participant mm -hmm. in. Um, I was I have another you know Kelly Plantation is another place I play down in Florida. Old Memorial, mm -hmm. um, another place in in Tampa is a fabulous golf facility. Um, so I, I I really thought I need to challenge myself. So this is this was my next challenge. But what I found was I enjoyed playing with the guys on the Champions Tour so much. They earned the right to be there. Mm -hmm. They had put in so much time. They had put in so much effort. Um, the monetary compensation is so different, was different then than it is today. Yeah. And um, I just want to be their friend. I don't want to go out and try and, and, and take a check from anybody. Not that I would. But, I, but it drove me to a point where I could go out and enjoy myself with Andy Bean and mm -hmm. with Fuzzy and with Freddie and with John. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, to me, Bernard Longer's just phenomenal. The machine. He is absolutely incredible. I mean, you look <coughs> what he did in the Masters. You look mm -hmm. what Freddie did in the Masters. Freddie loves that golf course. Oh, See, yeah. there's certain stadiums that but I the love. The golf course also loves him. Absolutely. It goes both ways. I know. And, but I, to me, it's like certain stadiums. I love to play in certain stadiums. I love to play at RFK, our stadium yeah. in Washington. Hated New York. Hated <laughs> Old Giant Stadium. Couldn't stand. Well, what Old was Giants. your what's your favorite road stadium? You got to take the the Washington venues out. The Los Angeles Coliseum. Really? Just it was the fans were far enough away they couldn't affect any signals okay. that I wanted to call, and there was always that late that late afternoon hue that mm -hmm. came in, and there was sort of a majestic nature to it. And I always played well in Los Angeles. So how about college when you were on the road for Notre Dame? When I was on the road for Notre Dame, um, Michigan State was the toughest because the fans were like four feet away and they knocked the ball out of my hands when I warmed up. <laughs> Didn't enjoy that very much. But again, we played Southern California yeah. in the Coliseum. So even in college, both pro and, and collegiate, it was Coliseum. And now we got football back in the Coliseum. I know. Now, it's, now there's lots of people Crazy. back in the Coliseum. Uh, so let's touch a little bit on, on the football stuff. You have been able to successfully transition from the field to the broadcast booth, what do you think the learning curve is going to be like for Tony Romo? I think it'll be interesting. I, I know Tony will be a real student of the game. I mean, he's cast into a, a very, very visible role. Mm -hmm. I, my first real broadcast was Super Bowl 19. And a lot of people don't realize I played in 17, I played in 18, and Rune Arlich replaced me with, uh, replaced O.J. Simpson with me, with Frank Gifford and, yeah. and Don Meredith. So I actually broadcast Super Bowl 19 between the Dolphins and the 49ers. So that was my foyer into broadcasting. So what Tony's stepping into is, you know, a major role. I think the most important thing is learning to say what you want in a very succinct way. And so much of that has to do with his partner. And Jim Nance is just the consummate. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, know, you can watch, you can listen to Jim Nance do anything. I saw him at the uh, Kentucky UNC game when he was, yep. they were broadcast, and obviously the Masters and so many different. Last week venues. was Jim Nance week. It you go, was. You go from the he, Final Four right down Magnolia Lane. But it's a lot of it has to Joe Buck and, and yeah. Troy. I mean, you know, it's it's that guy you work with. I worked with Mike Patrick for a number of years. Mm -hmm. I worked with Mike Tirico for a number of years. Matter of fact, Joe's dad, Jack, was my first broadcast partner. Oh, wow. Tim Ryan and Jack Buck were my first broadcast partners at uh, at CBS when I went there. So. Um, and then, uh, you know, it was just, uh, I, I just think he's, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say, what he's willing to offer. You don't want to criticize someone, but you want to be candid and honest because you owe it to the fans to tell them what's going on and not sugarcoat it. Mm -hmm. So with this last Super Bowl, did Tom Brady end the discussion of greatest QB of all time? I felt he ended it before the Super Bowl ever started. I think Tom's the greatest quarterback that ever played. It's funny, you walk around and walk up to people and go, you know, Tom Brady's a goat. <laughs> How can you say that about him? Well, it's the greatest, the greatest that ever played, yeah. greatest of all time, yeah. right? So he's a goat. Yes, I believe he's put it to rest. I, I, and, and people still want to argue, well, Joe Montana never lost one. 
Mm -hmm. Well, Terry Bradshaw never lost one. Well, they haven't. Yeah, but they didn't get. They the, haven't played they didn't in seven, seven of them. Right. They haven't played right. in seven of them, and he really could be seven and zero, oh, yeah, or two Six and five. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, three game differential, mm -hmm. three point differentials. The two he lost, the two great catches by um, Mario Manningham and uh, David Tyree. Tyree. Yep. I mean, it's so it's. But then you flip you the other know. way and you got the Vinatieri field goals that won them. Right, well, then let's take it to the Masters. If Justin <laughs> makes his putt and Sergio misses his, you right. don't know what's going to happen. If, exactly. If Justin doesn't hit it in the in the pine straw, right. And he's in the fairway. I I love the fact that Sergio cut it loose in, yeah. on, on 18 in the playoff. I mean, he just he let it rip. Well, he's in a position there where you know, with with Justin in the trees, you need to hit this shot and you need to hit it well, but, and he pulled it off. But he did. But it, it wasn't it wasn't like it was all right. I'm going to. I'm going to just sort of try and hit the fairway. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm, it, this is me. This is who I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm opening it up. At, you know, it's what got, it's go what got you it. there. That's exactly right. And you have to do what got you there. So you mentioned the American <clears throat> Century Championship earlier. It's coming up mid-July. Yep. So are you making the trip? Are you going to be out in Tahoe? Yes, it it'll be my 20 of the 20, I think 27 or 28 we played. It's been my 25th trip. Nice. And if I don't, my wife Robin would absolutely <laughs> she'd go without me because we have such a great time. Jonathan Thomas, who is chair of... Uh, American Centuries, and all of American Century does such a fabulous job of hosting all of us out there. I mean, there isn't an athlete that plays the game of golf that you talk to that doesn't say, how do I get into the tournament? I'd love to play in the tournament. Mm -hmm. um, the entertainment is fabulous. The venue is just magnificent. I actually was out in Lake Tahoe at a time when we didn't have the tents and the stands and everything. I didn't recognize the place. I'm yeah. so used to seeing so many different the things. Amphitheater, set up. The amphitheater, right. it's all set up for us. And of course, our 17th hole there has become like like Phoenix. Mm -hmm. um, matter of fact, I think we did it first, to be honest <laughs> with you. But you've got the boats, you've got yeah. the people, you've got all, all everything set up. It's a it's a show. It's great. You know, it, it it's an entertainment aspect of the game of golf that we see more and more venues. I like to see shorter par fours. Mm -hmm. I like to see 340 yard par fours. Um, I like they want to end up in Cromwell or different places. Yeah. I, I like the fans that are loud and ruckus, and it, it, I think it shows it a different. Brings you back to your roots. Right? Not only that, yeah. but it also shows a different side of the athlete. It shows a different personality of the golfer who interacts, who doesn't interact. Yeah. How important is that, as you mentioned before, as a as a competition guy, to have that on your calendar, circled every year, to be able to go back to and really put yourself back in the arena and trying to. Trying to beat the guy, the guys you're teeing up against. I it's you know the two guys I play against every every time I step on there it's it's me against them. I mean yeah. I want it to be I want to play the golf course but invariably human nature has you playing the individual. Um, it's very important to me. It's what I point to every year. It's it's why really I get up you know and go practice. I want to be better in that tournament. I want to show well. I can't hit the par fives in two. Mm -hmm. I know that. So everything for me is is got to be chipping and putting. So this year it's chipping and putting. You know, a couple years yeah. ago, it was par five. Um, I want to be a better striker of the ball. That's the big thing. If, if you can strike the ball well, you can get an idea where it's going to go. And we were talking, Charlie and I were talking about this. The golf swing is very personal. I hit the ball left to right. I never, I mean never, <laughs> not sometimes, but never. I never hit the ball right to left. So you take one side out of it, though. That's, Completely. That's a great, great way to look at the So equation. basically, I hit the ball, you know, left to right all the time. Who's the best non-golfer golfer you've ever played with? Among the, the, the players at the American Century, athletes in other sports. We, we mentioned Mulder earlier. He's probably in, in the discussion. Marty Fish, I think, is yeah. right there, too. Jack Wagner. Yeah. Jack's, a, Jack's a terrific golfer as well because he's uh, been on Bel Air forever. Um, you know, it's interesting. Vinny Testaverde at times plays well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Vinny will do it. Mark Rippett. Rips won it yeah. a couple times. He, he hits a big old cut. 
Chris, first of all, he's a big old boy. Right. Okay, Rip's about 260. <laughs> I'm giving you a break, Rip. I'm, I'm taking a few off. Right. But he's a big man, and the big guys just hit it forever. Uh, Jeremy Roenick, he's another one. Jeremy's another one that can flat play. A lot play. of those hockey guys. But it's, somewhere it's, tough to be, it's tough to beat Mulder. Yeah. Billy Joe Toller, another yeah. one who plays well. Billy's won a number of times. Mark is just so overpowering. One of my in, most enjoyable rounds was with Michael Jordan and Mark McGuire. On 18. That's a good round. Just it's about a 500. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great day. It's a yeah. great day with two wonderful people, fabulous men as well as athletes. But uh, McGuire, on 18, he's got, it's a 500 and, I don't know, 15 yard par five. He's got driver pitching wedge. <laughs> I'm hitting driver three wood sand wedge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Different it's, game. It is. And you can't, you can't get caught up. That's something I would say to anybody that plays the game of golf. Uh, don't try and do what other people do. Figure out how far you hit the golf ball. If somebody hits a 7-iron 150 yards and you hit a 7-iron 140, don't be embarrassed to take a 6. Don't be embarrassed mm -hmm. to take a 5. Yeah. It's, it's, it's your game. Own it. Yeah. Jordan Spieth had mentioned that leading into the Masters when people were asking him about how do you play against Dustin Johnson. He said you can't get into trying to keep pace with him because you're going to drive yourself crazy. Absolutely. You have to go out, play you, your game, you and then add him up. your swing mode, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking before we started here. I know you have uh, some thoughts on the Lexi Thompson penalty situation. It's been two, uh, 10 days now, let's say. But it's certainly – people are still talking about it within this building, at other golf courses. It was amazing that the LPGA was a storyline during Masters Week, that this was something that really struck a chord – with not only golfers, but a lot of sports fans in general. I think it was monumental in the world of golf, and I hope that the LPGA makes a decision to uh, change the ruling when it comes to outside participation in rules and judgment on the golf course. I played with Lexi. Mm -hmm. She's sensational. The, the courses that she plays are almost too short for her. She is so long. She's like Michelle Wee. She's so long. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I was, it was funny. I was watching her, her golf swing, and I think... She and, and maybe Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, and Lexi Thompson execute their particular sports with no feet on the ground sometimes. I mean, yeah. she just launches herself yeah. completely into it. And, and a wonderful, wonderful young lady. Um, I just feel like if something happens in a round and nobody knows that it's happened, they're all honorable people. Um, if, and nobody should come back a day later and say, oh, by the way, did you notice this? That's just flat wrong. If you don't notice it, if it's not brought to your attention, and where is it fair and equitable when certain individuals are on television mm -hmm. and somebody might have done something more egregious and isn't on television so nobody knows about it? That's always the thing that's brought up with Tiger. It's wrong. That Tiger has spent his entire career with every shot in under front of a, a camera. Mic under a microscope. And if you and I go out in the 832 and I kick my ball four feet, no one's ever going to know. Even, which even raises, if you could possibly even do this with Tiger, he, it, his... What he's done for the game and the way he competed and the way he played even raises it to another level because everything he has done has been under a microscope yeah. from the time he was a little boy to where he is today. And, you know, I'm rooting for him to come back, but I know what it's like to come back from injury because it always, that, that seed is there. The seed's been planted now. Yeah. And that's the thing that, that I think really drives him, but nobody like him. Uh, I just think that uh, it's a rule that needs to be addressed and addressed properly. I agree with Gary Player 100% in his assessment. If it's over, it's over. It's done. It's done. Someone's got to sign off at a wrong. close of business that day, that round. It's so. wrong. It's just flat wrong. And and you don't want to take away people's participation in observing things. That's mm -hmm. fine. Send an email. Right. But don't penalize her. Yeah. 
Before we go, uh, we've got one more for you. I know you're, you're very good friends with Charlie Reimer. Let's assume Charlie is not going to listen to this. You're, <laughs> we're just among friends here. Let's share your favorite Charlie Reimer uh, story. Oh, gosh. You know, the thing about Charlie, I, I, we, we, we've done a, some outings together. He's a great teacher. He has a great demeanor to be able to, cheat, to teach. Um, Charlie just makes everybody feel comfortable and laugh. He laughs at himself. He laughs at stories. When you're around Charlie, if you don't walk away from Charlie Reimer and you don't feel good, you have a problem. <laughs> because it's not because Charlie hasn't made you feel really warm and fuzzy inside. He's like a, he's like a, a big little spongy teddy bear. We'll um, put that on the, on I, the Chiron next well, week. Well, I, I, you know, I, I saw him once without a shirt. Ooh. It's not pretty. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's, just, it's just not pretty. Well, there's so many other elements of them that are so great. That's why we try and do morning drive fully clothed. Uh, and and, and he wears, early notice he wears a sweater. He does. He does. <laughs> but Charlie's a special guy. He is. Well, Joe Theismann, uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and a much better golfer than most of the people within uh, the Golf Channel headquarters. Thank you very much for joining us. Good luck this summer at the American Century Championship, and uh, keep working on those four-foot putts. Thanks, buddy. All right. Appreciate Enjoy it. Enjoy the time. This has been the Golf Channel Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray. We'll see you next time. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.